News Talk Breakfast with Kira Kelly and Shane Coleman. In association with AIR on News Talk. Now, the Irish Times reporting this morning that a senior government source has said that in other European Union countries there are time limits on supports, particularly in terms of accommodation, and that such measures should now be considered in terms of Ireland's policy response to the influx of refugees currently coming into the country at the moment. And David Hersehorn is. Russia, Ukraine and East Europe editor at the Washington Post and he joins us. Now, uh, David, what happens elsewhere? We currently have a kind of a, an open-ended system of supports for refugees and we are taking, I suppose, per capita in terms of numbers, quite high numbers of refugees. Maybe those two things are, are connected. Um, throughout Europe, what sort of policies are in place? Well, of course, what you have throughout Europe at the very base level is a temporary protection directive that is allowing Ukrainian war refugees into Europe temporarily uh, through at least um, August of this year and probably beyond, allowing them to work, allowing them to stay, obviously not having to go through the normal asylum process. Now, by several measures, it does seem that Ireland, while being quite distant, say, compared to a country like Poland, is being very generous. Um, 800 euros a month of support compared to 400 euros per month uh, by Germany or 160 um, the equivalent of euros uh, per month by Poland. Uh, But we are starting to see the resources being strained all around the continent. And Poland in particular, which has taken uh, a million and a half refugees that are registered, it may be even uh, a bigger number if you count those who aren't registered. Uh, I think in Ireland for last year, the number was somewhere around 70,000. So obviously the scale is much different. But in Poland, they've passed, uh, adopted changes to the laws where beginning on March 1st, uh, refugees from Ukraine will be asked, uh, who've been in the country for more than 120 days, will be asked to pay 50% of the cost of their accommodation in shelters. And that will change in, uh, in June, on June 1st, to up to 75% of the cost for those who have been in the country for over 180 days. So clearly when you see Poland, which is, is bearing the biggest burden, yeah. starting to put in these limits, you do get a sense that, that resources are scarce. Uh, and at the same time, obviously, the war continues and the need remains acute. And, and David, do, do we know how that's being received? Because we're currently taking, I think, it's one refugee per 69 of us in terms of population here. In, in the UK, it's one per 400 and something. In, in France, it's one per 500 and something. So proportionally, we're taking numbers that are, are smaller, but are sort of equivalent to a lot of the Eastern European countries. Um, how is it being received there? Because we, we have so far not put any of those things in place but we have had in the last week here a couple of nights where where, uh, asylum seekers have ended up sleeping rough because there literally was no accommodation left in the country. I think what you're seeing is a recognition that this war is just an extraordinary uh, situation. Uh, The generosity of Europe on the whole has been tremendous Uh, There's a continuing challenge about reaching agreement in Brussels on a common migration and asylum policy. That hasn't gone away. Of course, uh, a lot of commentary and introspection, and perhaps not enough, about the difference in the way Ukrainian war refugees have been treated compared to, say, Syrians or Afghans in recent years. So I don't think there's a huge backlash. One interesting thing um, to consider is that there is quite a lot of consternation in Ukraine about how to make sure that the refugees who are being welcomed in countries like Ireland end up coming back. They want them back in Ukraine once there's peacetime, right? Because 
they're they're obviously contribute to the economy. They're uh, young, they're bright, they're uh, highly educated, many okay. of them. And so, yeah, there's there's quite a, you know. So, so to some extent, ways. they may yeah. not they may not object to to conditions worsening slightly for 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 refugees arriving here because they may think that will help. I suppose return them back. Thank you for talking to us this morning. We really do appreciate it. That is David Hersenhorn, uh, Russia, Ukraine, and East European editor at the Washington Post. And for more on this, we're joined now by Father Peter McFerry, founder of the Peter McFerry Trust. Um, Peter, the situation. Situation, you, you're at the front line of dealing with um, the homeless crisis. The situation now, ha- has it ever been as bad? I mean, we are at absolute crisis point, aren't we? We're beyond crisis point at this stage. We have record numbers of people who are homeless who are registered, but there are a huge number, thousands of homeless people who are not registered. People who are not registered include people sleeping rough, include women and children in domestic refuges who cannot return home, at least 5,000 asylum seekers who have been given permission to stay in Ireland who can't leave the direct provisions uh, uh, places because they can't find accommodation, doesn't include people who are sofa surfing. Probably the number of homeless people is double or treble the the 11,000 uh, 500, 600 that we have at the moment. And Peter, I don't know if you saw the, the poll that was in the Sunday papers yesterday, the Red Sea, the Red sea poll. It, it, it shows quite a, a hardening of attitudes, I, I, I suggest, to, towards people coming here and, and suggest that perhaps some of the attitudes that maybe don't favour refugees coming extend beyond some far-right minority that, that ordinary people are also changing in their views, not so much towards Ukrainians, but, but certainly towards other, other refugees. What do you make of that? Well, it's certainly true that the influx of refugees is putting a strain on services, including accommodation services, medical services, education services. It is true, and there is maybe some sort of backlash. But what I'm heartened by is that the protests in areas like Ballymun, uh, the people of Ballymun have come out publicly to say they do not support those protests. There have been those those counter-protests. They're not being done in their name. So that, I find that very, very hopeful. Uh, I think it's, it is obviously organised by a small uh, far-right uh, group whose only interest is in stoking fears yes. so that, and presenting themselves as the solution to those fears in the hope that they will be get, get more support and maybe at some stage in the future get a few votes for uh, for an uh, election. Uh, uh, so these protests are all about the far-right groups, not about the refugees. And very lastly, in the short term, Peter, what can be done? Because simply if we don't have enough roofs to put over people's heads, uh, what, what solutions do you see there? Are we looking at things as moving into the spring-like tents? Is, is that the only possibility? No, I think we need to uh, increase our uh, use of modular homes. The government have bought 700 modular homes. They could buy 7,000 modular homes. We need to bring back into use all the empty buildings that we see on every street in every town in the country. Waterford were very successful in doing that. Other local authorities have brought none back into use. We need to, the government needs to meet its own targets uh, for for housing, for social housing. The, the target for last year was 9,000. Okay. Uh, but in the first nine months of last year, they only managed 2,700. Okay, so we so need to do if, more. And... If we could meet the targets uh, and increase modular units and bring back into use it would make a big difference. Look, thank you very much for speaking to us this morning. That is Father Peter McVerry, their founder of the Peter McVerry Trust. 
News Talk Breakfast with Kira Kelly and Shane Coleman. In association with AIR. Weekday mornings at 7 on News Talk.